Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz with your host, Gail Dixon. Tune in every Saturday, 9 a.m. for great shows about obtaining and maintaining health, business, and finance. Learn from the experts here at PIHradio.net. And now, broadcasting from the Partners in Health and Biz studio, here's Gail. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to my show. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz. So happy you could join me this morning. And if you have not been to the website, you and you probably have, today's show, we have a very special show for you, Immunization Awareness with my special guest, Tom Schaefer. So let me tell you, we're going to uh, give out the call-in number. We have enough room this morning for one call. caller. The call-in number before we begin is 347-945-7433, 347-945-7433. Press 1 if you have a question or a comment, and you don't have to do anything if you just want to continue to listen to the show. So let me tell you about my special guest and what this show is all about. My special guest this morning is Mr. Tom Schaefer. Tom is a project director for the National Public Health Information Coalition. He retired from the Illinois Department of Public Health in 2014 after 27 years as communications chief and deputy director. Prior to working for the agency, he was a reporter for Gannett News Service in Florida and Illinois. And Tom has a wealth of information to share with us about immunizations this morning. We're going to right now open up Tom's mic and welcome him to our show. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm good. Thanks Thanks for that nice introduction. <laughs> you, you you scared me there for a minute. I'm like, where is Tom? Because you called in on a different phone number. But uh, I said, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of frightening. But we're all together. My listeners are anxious to hear what you have to say. And I'm so happy that we finally were able to pull this off and uh, arrange the interview. And uh, so, wow, August, Tom, the reason why we're having this show is National Immunization Awareness Month. And so my question to you, my first question, is this an annual observance observance, and by whom? Yep, it, it definitely is annual. Um, and it's, it's something that uh, we do, the National Public Health Information Coalition, which is a group of public health communicators from throughout the nation um, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, we do this every year to highlight the importance of immunizations. Um, schedule it for August because it's a good time as as uh, parents are getting their kids go, ready to go back to school. There there are certain immunization requirements that they need to know about. So it seems to be a good time. So we try and do this every year to uh, to make sure everybody is aware of the importance of immunizations and, and what they should do uh, on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonderful. Um, so, a little. Can you give us a little more information about the organization? Um, when was it established? And are you a doctor? I believe. You know, some people, some Ooh. of our listeners are probably going to want to know. Well, um, how did you get your wealth of information about immunization? Well, I'm not a doctor, uh, and I don't pretend to be one. I, I in my <laughs> okay. career. 
My career at, in, uh, at the Illinois Department of Public Health, I spoke for our doctor, our director, um, you know, all the time because uh, you just didn't have the time to do all the interviews himself. So it's just uh, information that I've, I've gleaned and, uh, and uh, studied and uh, been made aware of uh, throughout my career. So, um, you know, that's kind of what we do at the National Public Health Information Coalition. You know, we're members started, you asked uh, when we started, actually it was about 1987. Um, I was one of the founding members and it was, um, um, we got together with CDC and there was concern that there wasn't a lot of communication between us and the federal government and the states as well as, um, um, you know, other state, other federal agencies and between the states. Um, I was in Illinois, I really didn't even know my counterpart in Iowa, for example. So our organization has kind of pulled all that together. So um, we now know each and every one of us uh, that represents the 50 states and U.S. territories. And we have a very good uh, communication link with uh, the Centers for Disease Control and other federal agencies. So it's it's kind of a, for us, it's a win-win to, you know, further us with knowledge about what's going on in the public health world and uh, to be able to explain that to the public, kind of like what we're doing today. Okay, oh, wonderful. So I'm going to jump around a little bit, but um, we all uh, receive uh, many vaccinations. There um different people that, you know, we hear about the different types of vaccinations that are are available, such as the flu, uh, getting the flu shot, and um, HPV, and there are all types of uh, immunizations that we can get. Um, some say they are unnecessary, and others claim they can cause certain conditions, such as aut- autism. <laughs> I've heard that. Uh, so my sure. question is, are vaccinations safe? And is is this true about um, some of these type of, of vaccinations possibly causing diseases? Well, vaccinations and vaccines in general are just extremely safe. They're tested annually, regularly for, you know, each and every day by the federal government. Um, So, I mean, I think people should um, feel good about the vaccine supply that we have in the United States and what what, uh, important things it does to protect us from various diseases. Now, you did mention the autism thing, and, and that's got a lot of traction over the years. Um, right. Actually, this kind of goes back to a study that was done in 1998 by a British researcher who published a paper that stated, uh, you know, that, um, you know, MMW, MMR, which is measles, mumps, and rubella shot, uh, causes autism. And, you know, it was widely publicized because it was in a very good uh, – um, medical journal called Lancet um, got a lot of traction, and a lot of people who had concerns about vaccines uh, cited that study. And um, you know, it uh, you know, a lot of scientists around the world were very surprised, and they tried to replicate what this uh, gentleman had come up with. And uh, it was later discovered, and that this was a fraudulent study. And it was uh, discredited, and the publication that actually put it out had to retract it. Um, But it's kind of lived on. And uh, uh, Mm -hmm. people keep uh, repeating that, and it really isn't the case. Now, you know, there are anti-vaccine people who are concerned about, you know, having their children immunized. 
Uh, and what we just suggest, uh, like I said before, I'm not a doctor. What we suggest is that people speak to their health care provider about their concerns and, um, you know, better understand what these vaccines can do to protect their children as well as themselves. So right. it's, you know, it's it's got a lot of traction, like I say, but it's, uh, it's something now that's... Uh, you know, almost 20 years ago that this study came out and people still cite it, even though it has been discredited and the publication had to, you know, withdraw it from uh, from its um, resources. So it's, uh, it's a good question. It's something that comes up all the time. And it's, you know, people are concerned about, you know, the safety of, of vaccines. Um, they should talk to their health care provider. Right, right. Yes, I remember uh, last year, maybe uh, two years, two or three years ago, I had on my show uh, a naturopath and a medical doctor, a general practitioner, and the the naturopath was saying yes, people uh, no people should not be immunized immunized because she was saying we don't know what's in those. Uh, those shots that they're giving us, we don't know what what uh, actually is in them, so we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't go. We shouldn't be immunized. We shouldn't have our children immunized. And then the medical doctor was saying, just like you, yes, people should be. Um, they should get their checks, their uh, shots, and they should be immunized. So, so thank you for clearing that up uh, for us, Tom. Um, thank you so much for clearing that up. Um, so. I wanted to know, I know there are all types, like we said, all types of vaccinations. People start getting their children uh, prepared for school, and they and we know that there's certain shots that they need to have before they go to school. And then adults, there are certain immunizations that we as adults need to have and to stay uh, on top of that. Um, but why should babies and infants be immunized? Well, it's, um, babies are just, it's just a good time to get them started and get them protected from, you know, six months, two months, uh, and on just to be protected against, there's actually 14 serious diseases um, by the time they reach two that they can be protected against uh, through mm-hmm. immunizations. And, you know, that's, it's kind of tough as a, as a parent to take your child in and see them get all these different shots and they're usually pretty happy, and then that nurse comes in and sticks that needle yeah. in their in their leg, and it they're crying, and they may get a, a you know a slight fever later on and have soreness there. Um, yeah, it's not the most pleasant thing in the world, but you know things like measles. You know, we we talk about it as a childhood disease, but uh, in infants it can be deadly. Um, yeah. So you know. There's these outbreaks that we see on a regular basis, even though we do vaccinate in the United States, but usually what happens are unvaccinated um, people, you know, spread the disease after they become exposed, oftentimes from people who travel abroad and pick up uh, measles. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we should do starting, you know, pretty much right after birth. It starts at two months with a recommended schedule uh, that the CDC has. But it's the the thing. The important thing is you're not only protecting your child, but you're protecting the other children that they interact with. You know, whether it's in a preschool program or some other school child care facility, we're kind of all in this together. And while immunizations, 
you know, provide protections. They're not always fully, um, you know, protective. You know, sometimes it can be 80%, sometimes 90%. But when all of us get vaccinated, we protect each other. It's right. when there are segments that don't don't get vaccinated, uh, and then they introduce that, that you know that disease into a small community such as a preschool. Uh, it can spread rapidly. I mean, these kids aren't trained to wash their hands and cover their you know <laughs> mouth when they sneeze and those kind of things. So, like I say, we're we're kind of all in this together. It, it's actually called something. It's called herd immunity where the more people who are protected against a certain disease, the better off it is for the entire community. And you see, you know, these outbreaks that start like in some religious groups that don't believe in uh, medical interventions. And, you know, it becomes serious rather quickly to that community as well as people who live around them and interact with them. So it's it's important for all of us to be in this together and and to you know make sure our children are protected against all these diseases and you know there are things that have been eradicated in the United States as a result of this I mean polio being one of those uh, I, I actually I read a story this week about a, a I think it was a woman who is the last person in the United States that's um, being kept alive on a daily basis by an iron lung, um, mm-hmm. you know, where they are put inside this device to, you know, to keep them alive. And, wow. you know, we don't see that anymore in the United States. And uh, that's obviously a good thing. And right. you know, things like right. measles and mumps and uh, diphtheria and whooping cough, you, you do see occasionally stories about outbreaks. Um, but, the you know, they're fewer and far between. And actually, the CDC said... Um, a few years back that measles had been eradicated in the United States. Right. I was going to ask you about that. I did hear that measles, uh, the measles were eradicated in the United States, and um, I was just wondering, because I've been hearing that uh, that the measles are coming back. People are having outbreaks. So is that because people are not getting immunized like they should? reason why it seems like the measles are uh, coming back and people are now um, experiencing out- outbreaks of the measles? Yeah, that, uh, that seems to be the case. I mean, it, the elimination was in 2000, so it's been, you know, 18 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. The lowest number in the United States, I think, in the last 18 years was uh, 37, uh, and that was in 2004. And then in 2014, I think there was, uh, you know, over 600 cases, still a, a small amount in comparison to what it used to be in our country. And like right. I said before, what, what seems to be happening, and, you know, as they trace these outbreaks back, is that there are uh, unvaccinated travelers who, you know, get the measles uh, most often when they're traveling abroad, and then they bring it back to the United States and it it doesn't take much to start spreading to people right. who aren't vaccinated. Uh, certainly, it can be spread to children who aren't fully immunized, you know, because there is mm-hmm. a schedule where they get, you know, various shots over a certain amount of time, and they aren't fully immunized until those series of shots are done. Okay. Um, so, you know, it can be spread to children, and, you know, it, children and older adults, you know, these diseases can be... Um, you know, very serious, uh, can mm-hmm. lead to hospitalizations, 
uh, can okay. lead to all sorts of things as well as death. And right, obviously right. we don't want to see that. And um, so that's why, you know, we urge people to make sure they have their immunizations up to date. And um, every time they go see their doctor, just uh, talk to them about that. I, I, I know okay. when we used to take our kids in, we'd just say, all right, here's our child. What, what do we need okay. to do now? Because it's, it's hard for us <laughs> okay. to keep track of all those. Right, right. We're going to have to um, give out the, uh, uh, first of all, let, let our listeners know who are just turning in, ta- tuning in rather, <laughs> uh, the listeners who are just tuning in, that you are listening to Partners in Health and Biz. The show this morning is Immunization Awareness with my special guest, Tom Schaefer. And Tom is here, and he has a wealth of information to share with us. The call-in number to Partners in Health and Biz is 347-945-7433. We'll have time for one caller and one question uh, this morning. I just want to remind uh, my listeners that next Saturday, tune in. My co-host, Wendy Meyeroff, will have a special show, Disaster Preparedness. Um, her show, do you know what to do in in case of a terrorist attack or a statewide emergency? Are you prepared? So next Saturday at her show airs from 10 o'clock until 1030, then you can tune in and listen to that show, uh, Disaster Preparedness with Wendy Meyeroff. So um, back to, to our discussion, uh, Tom. So thank you for sharing that information. Um, it's back to school time. And I know we have a listeners out there, but what should parents be doing about immunizations? Are immunization requirements different from state to state? Because we have listeners all over the United States uh, listening this morning, even in other countries. So um, we want to get our kids prepared for back to school. So what should they know? Well, that's a that's a great question, and you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, each state has their own requirements for school admission. Um, like a, uh, being from Illinois, I can tell you that states. Um, you know, there are certain things that you have to have, and if you don't have them, you can be excluded from school. Um, and it, it's usually by about the middle of October that you have to have your vaccinations up to date or they they send you home so it's important for parents uh, and it's kind of getting a little late because it's tough to get in to see your doctor um, sometimes when it gets close to school but each and every year parents should be thinking about that and and maybe even start as early as January or February when they're starting to schedule their you know summer uh, visits with their pediatrician just to, you know, make sure that they have their vaccinations up to date. And, and you know, I, I, it's hard for parents who are working, and, you know, sometimes there's transportation issues, sometimes there's, you know, even uh, a lack of having a, you know, a health care provider. So there's various things that they, they can do to uh, ensure that their children are protected. But it, this, is, uh, this is that time of year where you need to be thinking about that, um, you know, as your kids enter, whether it's preschool or elementary school, middle school, High school and and even um, universities and colleges have certain requirements. Um, One of the things that one of the more new ones is um, something called meningococcal disease, where there have been a number of outbreaks on college campuses. So a number of colleges and universities are are requiring um, uh, immunization against meningococcal disease uh, prior to their admission to school. So. 
you know, it's this lifetime of uh, immunizations, uh, you know, whether you're an infant or school age or, as we might get into here later, adults, uh, there's immunizations that we should be doing. So, again, the most important thing is when you see your doctor, whether it's for a physical or, you know, sports physical or you're, you know, you go in for because you're sick, um, check your do with your doctor to make sure you have your immunizations uh, up to date. And, up to date, right. You know, it, yeah. And, you know, there are yeah. things as we get older, particularly, I mean, adolescents need additional vaccines uh, to extend the protection of things that they received as uh, they were an infant. And, again, it goes back to, you know, protecting um, not only yourself, but your classmates and the other, other people that Absolutely. you interact with. Right. I remember when my son was growing up keeping, uh, I had a little book that was given to us by uh, his doctor as an infant, and it had in there all the vaccinations that he needed from birth <laughs> all the way up to, like, I think it was high to, through the end of high school. And we every time oh. he would go in, we'd take that little booklet and they'd check off, you know, which and which immunizations he'd already had, and then we know which ones he still needed. So, yes. Now, um, yeah. there. go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I was going to say that's uh, absolutely perfect. You were you were better than I was. Uh, I didn't keep a little book, but uh, <laughs> it's a very smart thing, smart thing to do. I I relied on their record keeping at the at the office. So, uh -huh. um, you you were doing you were doing it right. Okay, great. So there is when uh, talking about our children and as they go into uh, grow, they're growing and. They go from elementary and into middle school. There is some controversy about preteens getting, and we've seen it on television, the advertisements, getting a vaccination for HPV, the human papillomavirus, which is most often right. transmitted by having sex. So why is it important for our young people at such a uh, young age to get this shot? Yeah, that that's that's a tough one, and it, it's it's hard for parents as they you know see their ten or eleven or twelve year old son or daughter at the doctor, and they're they're talking about something that you know that happens more usually when they're adults having sex. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, it, it's what what it what it does for us is it protects our children against certain types of cancers, and wouldn't we all love to have the, you know, that magic shot that would protect us from cancer. Now, science hasn't quite gotten to the point that, you know, it can protect us from prostate cancer or breast cancer or, or things of that nature, but this one has proven very effective in protecting against certain causes, certain cancers that are caused by HPV and infections. And one thing that's important to know is HPV is very common and almost every person who is sexually active will require HPV, you know, sometime during their lifetime without a vaccination. And, you know, there's like 14 million people, CDC estimates, infected each year in the United States wow. with HPV. Now, for thankfully, for and most people... And that's cervical cervical cancer, right? That, that can turn right. into the cervical. cervical cancer if it's not uh, uh, treated or, or caught in time. Right, right. And there, I mean, obviously for women, there's cervical cancer, cancer of the vagina. Uh, for 
men, it's a cancer of the penis, or you know, for both, it can be the back of the throat. Um, so it, the, the the argument here, you know, on the on the public health side is, you know, why not protect you know your child against something that you know that they're going to be exposed to at some time in their life, and and this is the you know, before they're sexually active, you know, you get the the vaccination, so you offer that protection down the road. Now, you know, all of us, you know, with our children, it's kind of hard to be thinking about this innocent child, you know, having (laughs) sex, but as as we all know, that's going to happen. Wake Um, up, wake up, parents, that's right, wake up. Yeah, Yeah. and this has been going on now for about 10 years, Uh, this this, uh, vaccine has been offered, and uh, it can prevent. Uh, they're, they're thinking up to 90% of the, those vaccination, va- or those diseases, and those cancers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's something that the, they're already seeing. You know, things like genital warts have dropped 71% amongst uh, teen girls. Mm-hmm. So they're they're already already seeing the statistics that are showing that this this vaccine is highly effective and it's it's preventing. Uh, a number of different um, diseases. So, again, it's it's a tough uh, it's a it's a it's a tough thing to consider when when you you know you just have a, a child um, thinking about that you know when they're adult or further down the road. But uh, you know it's something you know a parent should be discussing with their healthcare right. provider. I mean, they're not going to pay attention to me. They probably won't t- pay attention to you, but. Um, <laughs> You know, their healthcare provider is their most trusted source, or it should be, and okay. um, you know they should cool. they should be talking to them about it. I agree. I agree, and that's why that's why we do these shows so that uh, people can wake up and be aware and uh, take action. So, Tom, there are many vaccinations for children as we come almost to the end of our show. Wow, it's fast pacing, fast paced here. Um, how about adults? Um, should adults receive vaccinations and could you name a few of the uh, adult vaccinations that are out available now that I've been hearing that uh, we as adults should be getting, especially after a certain age? Sure. Yeah, and and um, the, the time does go fly by here. Quickly, uh, one of the most important. Yeah. Uh-huh, go ahead. Uh, one of the most important ones, and that we this is a good time to be thinking about it, is the annual flu vaccine. Uh, that we yeah. all should get, and is starting at six months of age all the way up to whatever, and particularly for adults, uh, you know, because it can be, you know, much more serious as you get 65 and older. But there's a number of vaccine, vaccines that we should be receiving as adults, and flu is certainly one of them. Uh, there's one called Tdap, which is, uh, a, you know, tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis, and we should get a booster every 10 years. And for those of us who are older than 50, there, there's a recommended shingles vaccine um, right. that uh, we should get. And for adults who are over 65, there's uh, pneumococcal vaccines for pneumonia that uh, we should be considering. So there's as much as we would think as adults uh, that well, I'm done, I'm not a child anymore. It, it doesn't. Uh, vaccines don't end the childhood. Absolutely, yes. Um, and uh, a quick question: Can can we get the flu from a flu shot? No. <laughs> now that's another one of those myths. It's it's not a live virus that they shoot in it into us. Um, uh-huh. And you know, people talk about that every year. And sometimes you know, you can have a reaction where you feel kind of flu-like. Um, 
but you do not get the flu from from a flu shot. Again, talk to your doctor about that, but uh, very safe and it, it uh, you know protects and you know uh, us every year from uh, some serious illness. Any of us who have had the flu um, know that you can be pretty miserable. So yes, uh, yes I know is, I had it a, and I was <laughs> miserable. <laughs> yeah. So this Tom, is a, this um, Gail, this is a good. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going I, I was to say. Just gonna, Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to talk over you. Uh, just a reminder that you know the flu season is uh, right around the corner. It can start as early as October, so this is a good time to start thinking about getting that flu shot. Wonderful. And in our last 70 seconds, could you give us information on where our listeners can get more information about immunizations uh, once the show is over and uh, tell us about that, how we can get more okay. information? Yeah, probably the best place to go is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and that's at cdc.gov. They've got a wealth of information, all the different schedules, um, you know, why it's important, um, you know, the, the different things, the different diseases it protects against and what those might be. So, yeah, it's, uh, they have a, a great website, and uh, I strongly encourage your listeners to go visit that. Okay, well, Tom, uh, this has been my pleasure. You have shared with us a wealth of information this morning on Partners in Health and Biz. I want to invite you to come back and join us in the future and have a fantastic weekend. Uh, enjoy. It's supposed to be pretty nice here in the Maryland area. I don't know about uh, Illinois, but um, where you are. But uh, have a fantastic uh, day, Tom. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, everyone, I'm your host, Gail Dixon. Stay healthy and business savvy. Tune in next Saturday, Wendy Meyeroff, uh, Disaster Preparedness. Bye-bye.